So today we're going to talk about some crazy uncomfortable stuff, but some stuff that really needs to get dealt with in order for us to move forward for ourselves as a person, as our family, as a community and society. And I'm going to tell you some personal things about myself and some perspectives in the Black Lives Matter movement. And I'll start with one fact right now. Um, What a lot of people don't know about me is part of my family is black. And I'm talking specifically from the Caribbean and Africa because there's two um, locations for that. And the reason I mention it is because as we are leaving comments on social media of who has the right to speak about this or that, we don't always know each other's full story. Now, I'm not saying that because I had any particular thing against me, but I wanted to tell you because I'm watching sisters leave comment after comment of who gets to comment on the BLM movement or not. And I just want to remind us all that we don't know each other's full story. And so I'm going to give you a bit of mine today. And my perspective is going to be of a mother raising black children in America as a Muslim and also um, thinking about what is next. So the last podcast I had was on um, right after it happened with George Floyd and then this whole movement kind of happened right after. But what's next? What should we be doing with all this energy and these perspectives and how can we use them to actually make real change? We're going to talk about it today. I'm excited. Let's get started. Hello, Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, the podcast where we are empowering women to grow and thrive. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim, and I'm a licensed educator of 20 years. So excited to be here and talk about these really important issues and kind of how we can make sense of them in context of the Muslim modern identity that we have and understanding how to bridge the gap between like what's happening in um, current events and the Sunnah. What I want to talk about today is going to be a little bit uncomfortable, but I promise I'm going to bring something that is really, really um, important and impactful that if we could use these, I'm going to give them six pieces of advice in terms of how to take everything that we've just been experiencing from the Black Lives Matter movement and implement it within our own selves, our family, our community, so we can actually have some real change. And the perspective I'm coming from is a mother who has had to raise black children for at least 20 years in this society, and having to understand um, the challenges that that brings, and the challenges that their children, because they also now have grown and moved on to make families that their children are, are having, are going to have, and how we can actually, whether you're white, black, brown, orange, purple, I don't care what these, these colors are a bit restrictive, okay, with the crayon box colors, but, um, you know, whatever shade of whatever you are, what we should be doing in light of our Muslim identity and, and kind of like what, what this, how this would have played out in the Sahaba or the Prophet, peace be upon him, and how they might have handled such cases from the beautiful advice and information that we have from them. Um, Just before I start, I want to just do a little shout out to um, some of the women that have joined my Facebook group. A lot of you guys have come on and really just um, just been so supportive of one another. I'm so like, you know, in these times when it's really can get ugly, I am so proud of women that just compliment one another and uplift one another and support and give advice. I love that. So guys, keep building that sisterhood. Maybe I'll link it below in the show notes if you're interested. And the last thing I want to say before we start is I'm really excited because I know so many of you have been DMing me asking me about um, my marriage workshop. I have actually, it's actually a master class 
And I also have a master course. And those are only open one or two times a year, depending on how things go, because I have a lot of projects going on. And so alhamdulillah, that one's going to open up all my free master class. And I'm going to do a couple lives and stuff like that before the end of June. So I will keep you posted. But if you want to get on the waiting list, you can make sure that you are the first to know and to get this information. Because again, I only open it up once or twice a year. And then when I do my lives in my master class, I'm going to be doing excerpts. So I'm going to give you like sneak peeks and um, content from my master course. So super excited to share that with you guys. If you want to get on the waiting list, I'll post it below. But for today, we're going to be talking about some stuff. And I'm going to be coming, like I said, from the perspective of a mother, a mother who's had to deal with it. But I want to leave you with these six pieces of advice of how to take exactly what we have been going through and how to actually use it, all this energy, all this information, and how we can use it no matter where you're from. But I just want to say a little thing on children and you know children are just beautiful creatures and they're so resilient and they're so bright and what's always interesting to me as a mother having to raise children like I said um, black brown children in this society is it's always interesting because you're constantly in this position where you have to explain to children who often you know because children have more common sense than adults you constantly have to explain to them how adults make poor choices because adults are doing all kinds of foolish things in front of them, race, race related. And the kids are just like, but why mommy? And I'm like, um, you have to understand that she probably wasn't taught that or that you were constantly having to make excuses because kids see right through the nonsense. They just do not understand, you know, why did they do that? Why did they have to act like that? And, you know, it's such a shame if we come out of this whole experience and we haven't learned how to, how to elevate where we are in society right now. Um, just a little shout out, by the way, because I know there's all these movies, everybody's sharing all these movies, amazing um, movies that are be- being made discounted and stuff all over, um, but like, you know, different trailers and things for different black movies. And I just want to say an amazing one that I watched the other day was the Harriet Tubman 2019. It's just the new, new version. Oh my goodness, it was so good. Because one of the things I did for my children was I changed our curriculum to reflect the current events because um, I do homeschool at home. And we made that as part of our um, what we watched. Obviously, if there was anything, you know, risque, we fast forwarded through it. But beautiful, beautiful movie on, um, I think, Prime Video right now. It's $2.99. They've discounted it. So if you want to rent it or whatever, and that's what I did. But it was so, so good. So I just wanted to give my shout out to maybe the pick that I would suggest to you guys. Um, it was it was a beautiful piece of history told in a story that was very compelling. It was minimal, like violence and things like that, where it was just like the story was there. You got enough to get what was going on. But it wasn't like so gory because some of the, the slave movies, they're really, really intense guys. Like I remember 12 years of slave that was one of the hardest ones I ever watched just because there was some type of um you know like I don't want to say the word so if there's children in the room but there was some stuff between men and women in terms of like the slave master and the, and the female slaves and it was really really hard to watch um so but yeah this one is pretty pretty easy and enough where you could really really teach your children a lot about what black people went through in this country and then relate it to the black lives matter movement and why people are so upset because the children don't really get it until you trail back into like this has been going on a while and people are pretty tired and so once you make that connection for children in an educational way i think it's really impactful and i know my kids really really appreciated it and so today we're going to go right into those six tips let's dive right in All right, so number one, um, 
The first thing I want to just make this, these six pieces of advice, and this is with a lot of reflection and just going through, like I said, a lot for the past two decades as a family and just having to deal with whatever we deal with. And our family is mixed. We actually have a mixed family. We have family from Asia, Europe, Africa, and the Caribbean. And so some of our family is a bit more educated than others. And there have been a lot of opportunities for conversations. And so I want to share with you today the six pieces of advice I would give. Like I said, no matter who your family is, because there's ignorance on every side, we can always do better and to obviously develop ourselves. So number one, before we can teach anyone else or our children about um, this situation, we have to debunk it ourselves. We have to go into our own personal self and our perspectives and reflect on our position. If we don't have a lot of contact with African American people or Caribbean people or you know whatever kind of people of like darkest skin we find that everybody that we follow looks like us. That says a lot about maybe us unconsciously and we don't realize it. We have to start thinking about who we surround ourselves with. If you are a business owner, for example, and you only hire people who look like you, you only hire, uh, if you're white and you only hire white people, or if you're, you know, Latina and you only hire Latina, we have to think, we have to understand also there is certain conflicts that happen, not just between the white and black community, between the Latino and the black community. Like there's, there's so many different dynamics, the Asian and the black community. So it's not, I know everybody keeps highlighting white and black, but there's so many different things. It's not just these two against one another, because there's so many other groups that do also have views that could be reconsidered, right? If you would never consider marrying um, a person who is black, that says a little something maybe about your position on the topic. So before we can talk to anybody and leave comments on everybody's pages and go into everybody else and go in on them, which we shouldn't be going in on anyone anyway. We really, really have to consider our own perspective and how honest that we're being about where we are with our own ignorance about certain things. Number two, we need to um, make sure that wherever we see racism of any kind that we stop it. Now that sounds super easy to do and say, but if you've, if you've had to do it, you know it's not. And I say that because that might end up being a really uncomfortable conversation between you and your Aunt Marsha at Christmas if you're a Christian. You know, there are Christians who listen to my podcast. Or if you're a Muslim, it might be you and your Uncle Ali and he needs to talk about black people at the at the table, you know, when you guys are hanging out in a family function. It might be that you have to say, hey, you know, I'm not going to allow that. We're not going to have that kind of conversation here. That's not something we should be saying or talking about. We don't really know this. We don't really know that. Because what really, really makes me nervous is when people have these positions of sweeping generalizations. Like all blank people are like this. Or all blank people are like that. That just says something about your lack of interaction or my lack of interaction with those people. Because if you know anything about any group of people, whether it's Asian or or, um, white or black, these these terminologies are just so archaic to me. (laughs) Because as a people, we're just so culturally complex. But let's just use them for the sake of using them. Then, then like, that's really crazy because we are so diverse. We're diverse in language and perspective and the way we're raised. Even if you were, for example, um, Egyptian 
and you are from a certain place in Egypt, let's say it was Alexandria, you probably could have been raised totally different than another family in Alexandria. Like people don't realize that you can't and I can't make these sweeping generalizations about groups of people. It's just not healthy. So number one is explore your own self and your own, like get deep with yourself about like maybe you really, really, or I really, really have to say um, we're not as unjudgmental as we thought or we are a little biased or we are a little racist and that is something that's ingrained in society so we might have to undo that with ourselves and number two we need to make a point to stop it wherever we are if it's at a family function if it's a, a circle of friends if you have friends right now that are like you know right now the funny thing about posting about black lives matter and all this stuff is everybody is in a very weird feeling place it's like Oh, yeah, I'm I'm not speaking for myself. I'm speaking about what I'm seeing. And some people are like, oh, I feel like I need to post because if I don't post, pe- and you don't say anything, people are getting upset. Like, oh, you're just staying silent on the topic. I've seen this happen a lot. I've seen people who are very well respected. People go on their feed and they they let them have it because they haven't addressed it and they're kind of ignoring it and they're going on with their regular content. It's a very, very... um you know, very tense time right now. And then the other thing is um, some people feel the need to post just because they don't want to be called out for not posting. And I'm, and I, and my, my response to that is like, if you're a human being and you saw what has been happening out there, you should feel that empathy. See the prophet peace be upon him. He always was extremely empathetic. It's one of the beautiful parts of his character. For example, if you saw a child who was there crying, you know, and, and, um, there's a beautiful story, uh, um, with the child who was crying over a bird, he would come down, kneel down on him and ask him how he's feeling. Where at the time people would probably say, he's just a child, leave him alone. He's crying. He's a crybaby or something like that. The prophet wasn't like that. Anybody who was experiencing pain of any kind, he was extremely empathetic and he was very interested in whatever it is that they were going through. So I want us to just remember that if that's the response of our prophet, then our response should be the same. If we see any injustice, we should feel compelled to check on that person, on their family, on anyone we can that could be directly affected by that issue. And that's something that I think that we don't remember all the time. And so um, your posting should be coming from a place of honesty. And that's, that's what I hope to do when I post. Number three, okay, so you've explored yourself, you've made sure that around you in all times, you've like made a conviction that I'm not going to allow racism to happen around me. We're still kind of in the me phase, right? It's like within myself, I'm going to check myself within any space that where I am, I'm going to make sure that I put a stop to it. Because if we don't put a stop to it, guys, it never stops. That's exactly what it is. You know, I sit in a lot of circles. I'm going to be totally honest. And some of these people are my family and it, and, and I've heard horrific 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 comments and our family is also mixed some of our family is muslim some of our family is not muslim i told you we're from like four to five different continents we're very very diverse and so with that comes diverse perspectives about what is okay and what is not okay and when it came out to certain things in the news that's where our family kind of gets a little bit tense and some people have some opinions that i think are really really not okay and i always say i always say it I always say they're not okay, but I say it in a really, in a really respectful way. I respectfully refuse for them to talk like that. You know, like it's all how you do it. And are we going to maybe lose some friends or family that could get upset with us? Yeah, but guys, I'm going to be honest. Do you want a friend in your circle who, who is afraid 
to stand up for what they believe. I mean, that's just a person who's going to hold you down. I have a lot of women contacting me all the time about how they want to grow. We talk about thriving and growing and becoming a better Muslima. That means being okay with what you believe and being comfortable in your own skin and your own hijab and your own deen and your own identity. And our deen, our religion says that we do not allow oppression and we do not allow other people to be oppressed, ourselves to be oppressed. So what are we doing if we're not defending that and defending those people wherever we are? So with the third one, after we've gone through ourselves, I want us to think about what legacy we're leaving behind for our children. Our children are watching us. They're watching every interaction. So alhamdulillah, now we're checking ourselves. Our children saw that we stood up to Aunt Marsha when she was making comments about black people and how they need to just do this and that. And so they are internalizing my mommy stands up for other people who are disenfranchised. And so that's good. But then we got to also have those conversations with them to help them make sense of it. So bring in the legacy of the prophet and how he freed slaves and how he was against it and how he fought it. I think so Somebody made a comment the other day somewhere on the internet said he did this, the prophet peace be upon him did that and he allowed this and that's totally untrue. And if you're not familiar with the history guys, just familiarize yourself with it. Read the seerah, okay? Ibn Kathir, he has the entire, you know, you could, you could read it and you could read the history. And so these things are translated in multiple languages. But get really comfortable and understand our prophet's position and the Sahaba and the other prophet's positions. And I want us to think about something. I was talking to the other day with my dad. Um, we don't think about immigration. Also, like with blacks comes like immigration issues because people like who are non brown or black tend to like sometimes lump everything into like these people and I'm, I'm not doing that I'm just telling you what I unfortunately have to hear <laughs> happen sometimes and so subhanallah we forget that Musa salam, right he was taking people out of Egypt he was like migrating people this is immigration right we don't think about the prophets and immigration right we think about how many of the prophets when they were doing da'wah they were traveling from land to land so technically they're immigrants and there were people who people might be like why you don't belong in my land you're from such and such a tribe or such and such a country you know and there's so many opinions about who belongs in america right now i'm not even gonna get into that right i'm just telling you today i just want to have this like internal dialogue about where what you do next to make sure that this stuff stops happening and what I do next, inshallah So we teach our children um, that that we have to, and I know a lot of people who left the deen, I'm going to be really honest, a lot of people who have left Islam because they have experienced really bad racist situations within the Muslim community. So yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call that out. That's real. That's very, very real. But the thing I really, really hope people, if you've ever had those experiences, because I've had tons of them. I've, I've had people tell me all the time that my children's hair was too nappy in a nice way, like people who are non-black. Um, and so, you know, like, sister, shouldn't you do something with that? No, I don't need to do anything with that. That's called natural hair. You know, that's okay. And I made sure my, I really enforced in my children that you are beautiful, especially the girls. Oh my goodness, sisters are girls. We really need to build their self-esteem. And I was like, no, you're beautiful just the way you are. They're just, they just don't know. They just don't, they don't understand. Nobody taught them. It's okay. Again, me constantly having to talk to my children about adults and them just not getting why adults would make comments like that. 
And alhamdulillah, it's important that we make our children feel comfortable with who they are because we're so many, we're such a range of beautiful colors in our, even within our Muslim community. And so a lot of sisters I know, and I'm thinking of a couple Latina sisters in particular, they would go in certain communities and they would just feel, it was like the Asian or Arab community, and they were just felt, they felt the stares. They felt like they were not welcome there. They got the comments and they were just like, I know some of them, they left the deen, they left Islam. They were like, this religion is racist. And I was like, no, it is not. The people, the people are imperfect. Allah's deen and Islam is, is timeless. It's absolutely perfect. Unfortunately, not everybody follows it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us to be the ones who follow the, what our religion actually says. So, you know, but either way, I want us just to understand as people, we got to have a bit more patience, pay attention how we are making other people feel. All right, so it's number three. Number four is... um. You know, we need to really read more about the contributions of black people in society. Um, there's a couple of videos I've seen on there. I think another good one was about, what is his name? Hakeem Quick. I have to look his exact name. But he was just rattling off all of the contributions of so many black inventors, especially in the U.S. and all over the world. They came up with so many amazing things and patents, and nobody gave them any credit. So part of this experience, after we've noticed that, okay, I'm going to check myself. I'm going to make sure no racism happens around me. I'm going to educate my children but we got to really really just continuously educate ourselves because part of educating our children and stopping situations is you got to have some foundational knowledge about things and I know like Malcolm X is big we do this whole Martin Luther King thing that's really good but there are so many other people there were not like two black people in all of history that did all the work there was tons of beautiful beautiful groups of people and so I just wanted to encourage us to just educate ourselves even more about the contributions because then we'll become even more passionate about how black people deserve what they deserve here. And it's, it's just when you have that information behind you, it just makes your conversation um, all the more credible, but also um, comes from the heart. It really comes from a place uh, of, you know, just deep passion. And number five, um, not everything, I just want to give a little advice about commenting on social media. Not everything we read, we have to comment on. Okay, guys? Um, sometimes we have a really good intention. We go on social media. We're going to, you know, we're going to save the world. <laughs> we're going to at least stop certain bad things. Okay, yes, stop by our, our words, stop by our hands, you know, you know, reject it in our heart. We're, doing, we're going with our good Muslim intention. Alhamdulillah, we're people of deen. But sometimes we get mean. Sometimes we get nasty. Sometimes we get un-Islamic, dare I say, as we are leaving comments to other women or men, whatever, on sites. We do not have to comment on everything. My rule of thumb is say something good or say nothing. When I say something good, I don't mean don't defend. I mean say it in a respectable manner where I don't degrade myself or my religion and my identity. Like we have to have some standards on the way that we comment on social media okay so that's just what I mean by that so just you don't have to feel compelled to comment on everything that we see it's okay we can sometimes leave those conversations alone and when people just get to the point where they're going back and forth with us we should not continue going back and forth the prophet peace be upon him he didn't do that right so that's what you have right and we go back and forth and back and forth in the end it how does this surah end to you be your way and to me be mine that's it it's okay we can agree to disagree that's okay but at least we, we, we did it respectfully, right? And last is number six, walk in humility. I want to suggest to myself and remind myself and remind you, we all need to walk in humility. We don't know everything about everything. 
and we're learning. We're, it's a learning process. Life is a learning process. And we need to feel comfortable with not knowing everything and not always being right. And that's what the prophet, peace be upon him, did. He was a man who was, was beautifully humble. He was not arrogant. He didn't walk around, I'm the prophet, da-da-da, like, a'udhu billah. He was humble and beautiful. And that drew people to Islam. It's a da'wah in itself. So guys, these are just some things I want us to keep in our mind. As we feel like, what can I do? Oh, we could do a lot. Because imagine if every single person was less ignorant in the world, more educated, stood up for each other's rights, taught their children, you know, and and that's the thing people forget. They think they got to go out there and I don't have any money right now. I'm broke, so I can't be supporting Black Lives Matter right now. Okay, but how can you support it? Don't tell me you still can't another way. And what I think is we forget the simple yet truly impactful things that we can do that will change lives every day. You know, I know there are children who are taunted at school. What if you're that person, you know, if you're a young young girl in university that you stood up for somebody else? Or if you were a, um, a mother and you saw somebody, you know, doing something outside, you defended a child. I mean, I want us to think from, from the smallest situation with a child to an adult situation, what can we do? There are opportunities every day that we are passing by. Let's take advantage of them. So I hope these six pieces of advice help, guys. Don't forget, um, you could always reach me and DM me on Instagram. You can reach me on my website, www.mindful-muslim.com. Jump on our waiting list if you're interested to catch our um, our free masterclass that's going to come out for marriage, how to find a spouse like an expert. I do not know why more people do not know how to get married by the sunnah. It is just a sure, safe way to get married. I see a lot of drama out there, so I'm really, really excited to share this core information with you guys and give you some excerpts from my actual master course. And yeah, if you want to jump on our Facebook, we're constantly um, inspiring one another and discussing. And I'm going to be coming on on there and doing lives as well on topics like this and so many others. We can have great conversations. Love to talk to you guys. I will talk to you again next week. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.